Welcome to the Outside the Box Income and Investing Podcast. Whether you're looking to start a business, earn passive income, invest in stocks or crypto, or just want to learn something from business owners, entrepreneurs, and investors, the Outside the Box Podcast has you covered. This podcast does not provide specific financial, legal, or medical advice to any listener. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, R. Brandon Smith. What's up, everyone? I know it's been a long time. Welcome back to the Outside the Box Income Investing Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. You may know him as the king of real estate, but realistically, his name is Tommy V physical therapist that does real estate investing. Again, this is the Outside the Box Income Investing Podcast, where we look at ideas that are outside of the box, show you how to increase your income, increase your wealth, pay down debt, and really get into a good cash flow position. Thank you for joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Yeah. I just want to first off say thank you so much to Brandon. I first heard about Brandon from the Home Health course, and then it just snowballed to me joining the discord being part of his community and then him helping launch this whole project and endeavor that i'm on i'm tommy v i'm doing real estate investing trying to guide healthcare professionals to financial independence through the acquisition acceleration of real estate uh, real estate is a powerful tool it's time tested has a lot of tax advantages and the two primary things it does is help you generate passive income and build your net worth over time. For me, being a physical therapist and kind of my peers, our primary concern right now is there's only so many hours in a week. And so we got to figure out other ways to make money. And then the student loans are just crushing us right now. So that's where this whole thing started. You got into real estate accidentally or like what motivated you to get in real estate? Yeah. So my parents, were really smart and they followed all their friends who were building new construction houses back in 2006. And so they joined the bandwagon. They built a new construction house. My family moved in. We were so excited. And then boom, the market crashed and we were trapped in our house. They bought it for 180,000 and it was already upside down to 140. And so their options were let it foreclose do a short sale or keep it as a rental and ride it out and fingers crossed that it would come back in equity over time. So my parents took door number three and they bought our next house, which was actually a short sale. And we lived there while accidentally keeping that as a rental since 2009. So from 2009 forward, my parents were accidental landlords and we learned a ton. We did a variety of self-managing, hiring a realtor to be a property manager, using another property management company, good tenants, bad tenants. I learned a lot about repairs and the costs and the finances and all those kind of things starting out. And that really set my foundation for understanding that real estate is a tangible asset that grows over time. And then unfortunately, my dad got sick and he died from cancer in 2013. And uh, we got a chunk of life insurance money. And my family, this is where like, that generational wealth, generational mindset comes in. No one taught us about stocks, investing, retirement, IRAs. We knew nothing about it. When my dad died, he had $22,000 in his 401k at age 41, which is absolutely ridiculous. We knew about this rental property we've been having going on. We saw that it was increasing in value. It was 
getting us some money. So we said, what the hey, we're going to go all in on real estate. And since then, so we really started hitting it hard in 2017. And since then, we've done one wholesale deal. We've done eight complete flip renovations, flipping houses. We've sold off three of those and kept five as rentals. So we currently have five single family rentals at this point. Okay. So let me back up here for a second. I know you've been in real estate a long time and your journey started in 2006, as you said. When did you become a DPT? So funny thing. So 2017, we started hitting real estate hard. And the first house we did kicked our ass. We had no idea what we were doing. And another wholesaler saw the target on our back that said, hey, we're new. We're new over here. And he picked us out and he offloaded a lemon property onto us that absolutely kicked our butt. We lost $25,000 in that first deal because uh, we didn't know what we were doing. We had no mentor. We had no team. We had no guidance, no, no courses. We'd done no research up to that point. And so then we did a mentoring course and things started to turn back the other way. And we completed our first deal in the beginning of 2018, where we made 18000 So we were almost back to even. And if I could go back on the time machine, I would have just kept hammering real estate and I'd be in a much better spot now. But I thought, okay, so we lost on one, we gained on one. So we're even, I better figure out how I can make more money. And so me not being ill-informed and... Brandon wasn't in my life back in 2018. I went to DPT school, graduated in 2021. So I spent three years not building my real estate business, not building my net worth, and also racking up $125,000 in student loan debt. Not a good path. Uh, the only redeeming fact of that whole PT journey was while I was in PT school, I did house hacking. So I got a small property a mile from the university on seller financing, and I had roommates. And so my roommates covered my mortgage. And so I made it all the way through PT school without paying any rent because my, my roommates were paying my mortgage. And then since I have moved out of that house, it has continued to be rented by physical therapy students. So even now, there's three physical therapy DPT students living there now, and uh, that in that has increased in value from seventy five thousand when I bought it, and it just appraised for two hundred five thousand. So pretty massive appreciation. But uh, that's pretty much the only redeeming thing about a DPT school so far. So that was an owner finance house, you said, or seller finance? Yeah. So I got to offer seller financing, which is a very powerful tool. I don't know if we want to, we can go into that here or we can save that for another time. We can save it for another episode. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that the listeners were clear on that. One thing I'm going to say here is, yeah, you probably would have built a business faster and the portfolio faster just going in, into business. Actually in 20, 2019, I talked to someone out of PT school and now he has a multi-six figure business. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't no. talk to you in 2018. I know. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> But that being said, the benefit of the DPT, even though it does cost a ridiculous amount of money, and I think you're actually good at 125, but the benefit of the DPT is it does allow, say stuff goes to shit, you can still make seventy dollars to $100,000 a year. A lot of people don't have that. So it is that baseline high income skill. But again, one thing I do want to reiterate is though the DPT is what allows you to 
have a high income skill of $70,000 or more, it allows you to play the entrepreneurship game a bit more risky because you have the fallback plan. And most people are too afraid to play that game. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree there. So like I said, I did the home health course with Brandon. And so now I just started a full-time gig down here in Tampa. My contract is over 100K. So I'm definitely probably in the top 1% of hourly PTs. The past year we did travel contracts. Um, So there are ways to make more money as a PT. It just depends on how flexible you are and what you're willing to risk. But yeah, you're absolutely right. DPT, I love the profession. If the loans were more reasonable and the pay was more consistent, I would love to be a physical therapist. I mean, it the power of movement is amazing. Just across all the settings, working in the hospital, the clinic, home health, just to interact and help the patients get better. Movement is life. You're either moving or you stop moving and you're dead. It's a great profession. There's nothing wrong with the profession itself. Just all these other strings attached that kind of make it a drag. Yeah, I agree with that. I know I was looking at the travel stuff when my business was scaling and travel pays like two, two grand a week or more. And then my wife was like, yeah, you could do that. If you put that time in your business, you'll make a lot more money. And it's true. It's unfortunate, but in PT, that's just the way it is. And one of the reasons why I even left patient care is I was scope and salary capped. Now, granted, I could still see myself owning a practice in the future if I wanted to, but hiring and not actually treating. So there's scalable ways that way. But I do think that one of the most passive ways is most likely real estate in the way that you've done it. Yeah, I definitely agree. The idea of opening and running a cash-based PT clinic definitely sits in the back of my mind. Maybe long-term, maybe once my kids are more established in school and sports, being able to have a clinic and work the sports medicine route, building a relationship with the families, the student athletes, like something like that down the road. But yeah, exactly. If the amount of time and effort that I put into that versus the amount of time and effort I can put into real estate, which one's going to have the higher ROI on my time? And so that's, I don't have a crystal ball. Hard to say. (laughs) Yeah. That's something too, where it does come down to ROI. People that usually aren't having multi-six and seven-figure businesses will be like, oh, but it's a good job. I can work 20 years and maybe I'll get a raise and maybe my loans will be forgiven. But honestly, the best thing you can do is take care of your own situation. Oh yeah, totally agree. As we've noticed the past five years, literally anything can happen and the government can change their mind about anything. And they can say this and change it later or change it now and undo it later. Or they say, we're going to forgive student loans. You're going to get 10,000 back. And then Supreme Court challenges it. Trying to count on all these plans and income driven and public loan. Like I, I firmly agree that I'm not in the camp of, I don't want someone to pay back my loans because I took them out full, knowing full well what it was. And I took it out and I feel responsible for it. But to try to count on a program 10 years, 20 years from now, that is so far out. Who knows what could happen? And yes, trying to take the initiative to to make a plan, whether it's options trading, it's building a cash-based practice, it's doing real estate investing, or a combination of all three, you got to have a plan. And it's got to be, you can't just work 40 hours a week. You're not going to get where you want to be. Yeah. And that's something too, I believe the earlier episodes, we're talking about like time being the most valuable asset. We also talked about in the book. There's a few things though, where I think a lot of people don't realize is that the US dollar is constantly inflated. Basically, 
since 1919. It's been constantly inflated. So because of that, your 125 today in 20 years may be like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at the news, everything with the bricks and the petrol dollar and gold backed and the treasury bonds inverted and recession coming. Who who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like in 20 years? 20 years ago was we were bare, we weren't even using computers. That was the dot com boom 20 years ago. With the emergence of AI and all these other things, we don't know what is going to be like in 20 years. And so you got to take accountability for your own plan to make it happen. I know that you have a short-term goal and a long-term goal. Can you elaborate on your short-term goal first for real estate investing for PTs, healthcare professionals, et cetera? What I'm doing right now is building out content, tools, guides, and eventually coaching and mentorship and putting those in the context of accountability, community, and guidance for real estate investing. The thing though, is that real estate investing is like a bike with a bunch of spokes off of it. In the middle, there's real land and real buildings, but there are so many different offshoots of subject to buy and hold, fix and flip, wholesaling, other people's money, use your own money, rob from your 401k, take from your Roth IRA. And so it is like way overwhelming to try to figure out what I can't even research all of these, much as even have a framework to evaluate what's going to fit for me. So my medium term goal is I want to build out a framework where the different kind of levers that go up and down are going to be, how much time do you want to invest on a monthly basis? Do you want a lot of time or a little bit of time? That's going to be lever one. Lever two is going to be, do you have a lot of capital or a little bit of capital? Lever number two. Lever number three is, are you chasing long-term wealth, like early retirement, appreciation? Are you chasing that? Are you chasing more right now goals of cash flow now or like flips? Like you're trying to turn your money quickly. And then the fourth one is, what is your risk tolerance? Because there are a lot of things you can do in real estate and some are super risky and may have high reward and some are less risky and you have lower ROIs, but it's more stable. And so I want to build out a framework of where those four levers fall to help people clarify what are your long-term goals, what are your short-term goals, and distill down what would be the top three or best fit real estate options for them. Because there is no one size fits all. It's You can have many different strategies. You can have a blend of strategies, but it's not one size fits all. Ultimately, it's what works for you and your plan and your future. And so that's my medium-term goal is like building out that framework to bring clarity of where am I? Where am I going? What is going to be my potential path to get there? And so I think that's where I want to get to before long. And so I'm brainstorming, building out. My short-term goal is just bring awareness. A lot of people, the terms, the language, the mental headspace, like when you say, hey, I can put... 20% down on this property. And then I have $500,000 later, like just, it's hard to conceptualize those, what those real numbers are. And so my first goal will be to um, simplify and distill just the foundational real estate concepts. And specifically for me and my peers, how to use real estate to eliminate your student debt. 
your student loans. That's going to be my first kind of webinar that I'm going to be running several times, maybe in six to eight weeks, but there, I'll be posting about it a lot. That's going to be my free webinar just to help people understand what's my goal, get rid of these student loans. And if you want to do it fast or you want to do it slow, get rid of my student loans. How can you use real estate to help me get there? And once you understand that and you have, you want, if you want that to be your goal, perfect. Then we'll hammer that out. But just illustrate how powerful all the different pieces of the puzzle all work towards that goal helps increase your buying and say, wow, that could work for me. And then the next phase will be making it happen. So equipping, equipping my audience with the right tools, whether it's spreadsheets, whether it's networking connections with lenders, realtors, all those kinds of things. And then having access to me, I haven't done a ton of deals, but I, every single deal that I've done kind of captures, I'd say probably 25 of the real estate investing kind of strategy or topics. I'd say I've probably covered about 25 of those in all my deals. And some of them are a blend. And so I I have a lot of expertise and knowledge that I can help guide and coach and say, we don't got to worry about all these other things. And we don't got to worry about this guy on Facebook that says, man, I've done 10,000 deals this month, or I'm flipping 600 houses, or I have 60 apartment buildings. We don't care. It matters. What is your goal and what is your plan? And are you doing it? And that's what I'm really trying to help. Try to take away some of the noise and just really focus it down to just one thing. So that's what my goal is. If someone were to reach out to you right now and say they were a beginner in the real estate, what would you tell them? So I'd say first, go on my YouTube channel. <laughs> go on my YouTube channel, 8-1 Real Estate. It's the word eight, the number one real estate. I've already posted a ton of long form and short form content about some just foundational terms, concepts, examples. I've broken down two of my deals. I got to do the other seven, but I've already put two on there. Some of the spreadsheets that I've done. And then the second thing would to just be on your own, think about what your goals are. Do that first, because if you don't have a goal, even if you have access to a coach or the most amazing mentor, they can't help you get to where you're going if you don't even know where you're trying to get to. So I'd say, go watch all my YouTube things, think about what your goals are, and then reach out to me and we can set up a call to clarify that down. All right. And then we covered a lot of stuff. And again, we're just doing an intro today, get people to know who you are really. And I want to introduce you to people. I know you've been, I think when you started with me, you weren't that motivated. And then the past few weeks, you've been motivated as hell, which is why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. (laughs) I know there's a lot of stuff going on. You said they can reach out to you on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram, my Instagram is Tommy V A T C D P T, or the the business one is eight one real estate. The word eight, the number one real estate. And you also have a Discord as well. Do you want to promote that at all? I'm keeping that kind of behind the scenes right now to build it out a little more. But yes, I the way that we're going to do the community, kind of mimicking the all pro here, it's a Discord master. I want people when they log in to be completely overwhelmed and blown away by everything happening. And I know that's how I felt when I got on Brandon's Discord. So I want my my audience to feel the exact same way. 
And we're just right now they can log in and be like, wow, this is nice, but I want them to be overwhelmed with how much stuff is there. So I need to give it a little more time in the crock pot. But yes, the Discord will be our primary means of community and we'll be having either weekly or monthly kind of check-ins and helping build each other. Because that's the cool thing about real estate is you don't have to know it all to start. You don't have to know everything to start. You just have to take that first step and know which way you're going. And as you take a step, the steps start to align in front of you. And as you take a step and you hear other people's stories and they say, wow, I tried this and it went great. Or I tried this and it went bad. Or, oh, I remember I did a deal similar to the one you're talking about. And here's the thing I had to consider. And so the real estate community, we're ultimately all trying to see everyone win. I think that was one of my biggest misconceptions starting out is I thought, man, I'm going to be in competition with all these other investors. Like, I can't tell anyone what I'm working on. I can't tell anyone what I'm doing. I got to be really secretive about it. I can't tell anyone about my deals because they're going to try to take all my deals. And that's just simply not the case. The real estate community is incredibly supportive. Everybody's trying to help everybody because we're all going in the same direction. But like I alluded to earlier, everyone has their one path that they're focused on. So if my path is here and your path is here, it doesn't matter. We're doing two different things. You could have 20 investors all look at a property and 19 of them say, no deal. This is a shit deal. But the one person says, oh my goodness, this is the deal of a lifetime. Because you don't know what those levers look like for that investor. So it, it really gave me a lot of confidence starting out. Wow, these people are all here trying to help me. Except for that one that took advantage of us. He was not trying to help us. But everybody else has been great. From just listening to you, I personally think that you're going to crush in the real estate. If you guys want someone that's well-versed in real estate, want to work with someone like that, reach out to him through his IG. And then if you're cool enough, he'll let you join this Discord. Is the vibe I got from what's going on there. <laughs> but I would say if you guys are interested in real estate, definitely reach out to him. We cover some of it here, but not in depth. If I was actually looking to buy a property, I would actually talk to him first as well. I know that you guys weren't taught this in middle school. You're not taught this in high school. I know you weren't taught it in PT school. So it's something where, unfortunately, when it comes to real world education, whether it's real estate, whatever it is, most things you need to know to run a successful business or build wealth is not taught to you by people in higher education because they know how they go and be a professor. They know how they go to work nine to five, right? If you're listening to employees and people who don't have what you want, you're not going to get anywhere and you're going to waste lots of time and lots of money in the process. Oh man, you could put that on a t-shirt. Exactly. When you're in PT school, you're listening to people that are still in school. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. That's part of it. Absolutely. I do want to bring you back for a second episode. We'll discuss that later on. I'm going to stop the recording here. Again, you guys know where to reach him.